Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. A Dear Media original podcast. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Thursday for the same thoughtful support to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. Hi. Okay, this is a solo episode. And there's a number of things I want to talk about today. As you may know, if you've been following along these solo episodes, they're kind of like a mishmash of a number of different things, but I feel like they hold on to the spirit of the daily because they're essentially, they could be their own kind of like standalone minis. And I always do the shit I'm loving at the end. But the first thing I wanted to talk about is menopause because I have a lot of feelings about it. I have a lot of personal feelings about it, but I also, I have a lot of new clients in my practice who are either just on the precipice of perimenopause or they're going through active menopause or they just finished. And we've been talking about it a lot and I've been thinking about it a lot. And this is what I have to say. I think that for people of my generation, so I'm 37 and I find that I was just talking to our producer, Olivia, about it. She's a bit younger, but her generation too. And people that I know, our mothers experienced menopause during a time when I don't think that there was a lot of information about menopause. And all of a sudden it was this hormonal shift and there were these symptoms and no one knew really what to do with them. And it felt kind of chaotic and it felt scary. But I think for the generation of women after that, for our generation and the generations kind of around mine, what happened was we became terrified of our bodies. It felt like okay, at a certain point, there's this hormonal shift that happens and it really is awful and our bodies are landmines and here we are going through puberty on our own right now, but knowing that like in however many years we have this other hormonal shift and it really is scary. So it feels like, what are we supposed to do as women? It feels like we're crazy and we're hormonal and this is unmanageable. And again, our bodies are landmines. And I think the issue with it is that we just didn't know enough. And so I know for myself, I really, for a long time before I got into 
the health field really tried to avoid this idea of menopause because I didn't want to think about it. It felt like a time that women's bodies expired, that we felt terrible, that there were unmanageable symptoms. And I really have been forced in the last 10 years to really think about it in a lot deeper way because of my clients. And I honestly am really grateful for that shift personally because it's it's kind of made the whole thing less scary for me. And, you know, as I've been talking about cycle syncing, and if you listen to the show, you know how much I really appreciate the idea of optimizing hormones because we have, for most women who cycle, four phases of our cycle. And so if you think of menopause as just another hormonal shift, it doesn't have to be as scary and there are ways to optimize it. But what I'm finding in my practice is that the main way to optimize it is with balancing blood sugar. So the other thing that I'm finding is that because in my practice, I see so many different types of people, I find that there are different patterns. So there are people more like me who, by the way, when I was in my 20s, I I didn't process like a bunch of added sugar or starch really well. So in order to kind of maintain the weight that I felt comfortable at and to feel good, I wasn't able to do like an entree of pasta um, or a bunch of starch. And I have I have girls in my practice now that are in their 20s that are in the same boat that are just like, you know, my friends can kind of eat these things and not gain weight and kind of maintain where they are now. And I'm not someone that's like that. And I tell them, you know, I hear you and I know that it can be frustrating, but the more self-knowledge you have in this way the better off you are because at a certain point, there is a great equalizer. And what I'm finding is that for most people, perimenopause and menopause is that great equalizer in terms of blood sugar. So you find women who may have never really had to pay attention to how much carbs or starch or sugar they're having because they just had really great metabolisms and it didn't affect their weight. But they're finding that in order to balance hormones now in this hormonal shift, they are having to think about sugar and carbs and starch a bit more. And so I'm finding, again, that there are people who are starting kind of from scratch in that way because they would have never wanted to or needed to enlist a nutritionist before like 10 years ago or even five years ago because they weren't people that had to really think about their weight and what they were eating. But now in this stage, they are. And so it's just a really good reminder of how important having protein and healthy fat and veggies be the main events of your meals. I was just approving this dinner. I'm hosting a dinner for a brand in a couple weeks and they sent me the menu to approve and it was all really beautiful stuff. But what I said was there wasn't really an entree protein. So there wasn't like a beautiful piece of fish or a beautiful piece of chicken or a beautiful piece of meat. There was a beautiful pasta dish and there was actually a beautiful butternut squash dish, but there wasn't the actual protein piece. And so I think that you could leave a meal like that and have, you know, 75 to 80% of your meal be starch and then have kind of the side piece or the supporting character be protein. And I really think it is incredibly important to have that flipped. So it's not that you can never have starch or you can never have sugar, you can never have carbs, but focusing on protein as the main event is really, really key, not just in your 20s, but 
really important later on. And again, I think that even if you aren't someone that has to really think about that in that way, knowing that it doesn't have to be that scary. And I think the more that we understand about our bodies, the more we understand about how to support hormones, the more we understand about how to balance blood sugar, the better off we'll be. But I think the thing when we wrap this menopause conversation that I just really want to hone in on is this idea that women's bodies aren't landmines and it doesn't have to be a mess. And we don't have to feel scared that women's bodies are amazing and they are vessels for life and they are incredible. And even if they don't house life, they are incredible and they do a ton for us. And I think that the more we understand them and the more we celebrate them and the more we understand about how to support them throughout each life cycle and stage of life, the happier we'll be and the better off we'll be. So the big thing to take away is focus on that protein. We talk about it all the time and it's talked about online all the time, but here's another really important example of how if there is a way to make protein front and center in your meals, let's do that. The other thing that comes up a lot is maintaining lean muscle mass. And of course, we know that too. We know we're supposed to exercise, but especially if you are someone that cycles during follicular, during ovulatory, if you want to do weights and you want to lift heavy, obviously start small and don't go crazy all at once because you want to make sure you have good form and you know, whether you're looking an app or you're having someone help you with that, obviously you're not jumping right in, but anything you can do to support your muscle is going to be incredible. I also, we've talked about it, but I remain obsessed with the idea of the weighted vest and to walk in it. It's a way to, again, just improve lean body mass, but in a kind of passive way. Also in luteal and in menstrual, I love the idea of like matte, gentle flows. You can still have some resistance training in there, but it's just not as high intensity. Today's episode is brought to us by Blissy. I got to tell you guys, I am obsessed. These are silk pillowcases, but they also have the silk eye mask. I could go on for literally years talking about the benefits of silk pillowcase and silk eye mask. First of all, and I was just telling my producer this, that if you are a back sleeper and your hair is just on the pillowcase, it is so much better for your hair. You wake up, your hair isn't like all frizzled and frazzled. It's like been a game changer for me. But if you are a side sleeper or a stomach sleeper, it's so important for your face. The silk is 100% mulberry silk, but it also is naturally antimicrobial. So you're going to have less breakouts and your skin is clear. I literally could not recommend more. We have the holidays coming up and I think this is an amazing gift. It's the kind of thing that, by the way, you should buy for yourself. But even if you aren't, you should also think about doing this for someone in your life. And whether that's like your best friend or your mom and your sister. But you know what? Guys like these too. And they deserve to have nice hair and nice skin also. So I genuinely think that if you were in the market for something that could very easily upgrade like your whole beauty situation, but also like feel really good while you're sleeping, then Blissey's the move. 
again, 100% mulberry silk. And you would think that you wouldn't be able to wash these, but they are completely washable and they're completely hypoallergenic. The other thing is that the pillowcase has a little tiny zipper that you can't see, but it helps keep it all in place. Sometimes if you're using a silk pillowcase, your pillow can kind of like shimmy out of the pillowcase, but they have this very, again, hidden zipper that helps keep everything in place. They also have a ton of different colors that work for you and your bedding and prints. If that's your vibe, I highly recommend. And the thing is, if you're on the fence, you can actually try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com slash good instincts and get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y.com slash good instincts and use the code good instincts to get your additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of a good night's sleep with Blissey. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is this other thing that has been popping up in my practice a ton, which is the snack before the meal. So in addition to women who are going through perimenopause and menopause and after menopause, I also have a lot of people in my practice who are young and going out and have late dinners and God bless them. And so it's this idea of what happens when you go into a meal starving? And it doesn't have to be dinner too. I mean, you could go into any meal starving really. And A big piece of my practice has always been this self-knowledge piece that in a a really non-judgmental way, referring back to times where it's been really hard to act in your own best interest. And for a lot of people, that's when they go into a meal starving. And so I love this idea of ways that you can not go into meal starving. I have talked a bunch about bag snacks and things to keep on hand when you're on the go. And I can link that back in the episode description. Just like really, really great tools like, you know, a peanut butter packet or a macadamia nut packet or like macadamia nuts. Or I also have the olives on there, the jerky, really, really high quality, beautiful things that you can keep in your bag. But the other thing I think about is what if you're at home, you're going to a late dinner, but it's like five and you're kind of starving. So I was thinking because I was just talking to a client about this right before I left. And she was like, well, what do I do? Because I don't want to like essentially spoil my appetite, which I agree with. So here are some things that I really recommend of varying degrees of satiety that can help you kind of nibble on something, feel full enough, and then go to a meal and get to actually have your entree and enjoy it. So, you know, something that I just did today when I was running out the door is, I don't know, I don't know that everyone's going to love this, but I did in last week's episode talk about the shit I'm loving and it was anchovies and I really brought anchovies back into my life. I know tinned fish has already had a moment, but I didn't really participate in that moment. So I'm having my own anchovy moment. So, This idea of anchovies in salad dressing is not a new concept whatsoever, but I kind of forgot to do it and it adds so much umami really quickly. But I was running out the door today, like needed a little nibble. I'm going to come here and record and then I'll have something after. But you know what I did? I took anchovies. I took like beautiful butter lettuce. I took tomatoes, wrapped it up. That was a little snack. You know, it's not complicated. It's really simple. If you don't like fish, definitely don't get involved. But if you do, it's amazing. It was like really salty, 
really umami, really tasty. It took zero time and it's going to bridge me from that time to after I finish this, which I really appreciate. Another thing that is something that has a little more, say, tidy to it. So maybe you're not going to have this and then in like half an hour have something else. But I'm obsessed with this idea of a BLT in a romaine lettuce beer. I find the romaine lettuce beers to be a vehicle for a lot of different things. So say you wanted to like air fry one piece of bacon or two pieces of bacon. You put in some tomato. You could put in a little avocado if you wanted. You don't have to. You could even throw some tahini on there. I'm a huge fan of that. Something protein, something that doesn't have added sugar that's again going to bridge you on your way from where you are now to where you need to go. I'm also a huge fan of having rotisserie chicken or the poached shredded chicken on hand. I will also put that in a romaine beer and then I'll put tahini and pickled onions. I really do feel like the addition of the pickled onion is really key because it takes it from kind of just like protein and sauce to protein sauce, sour, like pungent, delicious. I really, really recommend that. And again, that's something that you would already have to have the onions pickled already. But aside from that, throwing together truly just chicken and tomato and tahini in a romaine spear, like easy, easy, easy. You could also do it with tuna salad. Again, that would be something that you would want to have prepped ahead of time. I've been using the ginger awesome sauce that I talked about in a couple episodes ago that I can relink as well. I'm obsessed with it. And it's something that I've just been making ahead of time. And it's really, really nice to have. I've been really busy and going back to back to back with clients. And so knowing that I have that could throw that together on like purple cabbage I've been doing a lot, especially when I'm in my follicular and ovulatory phases. So I will put that in the episode description. And I hope you notice that they have all been there, which is a commitment I really make. And I'm sorry that they weren't always there in the past. The next thing I wanted to talk about is about alcohol. So we did this Sober Curious episode a while ago, and a lot of people loved it. But I've just been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it because it again, it comes up in my practice all the time. And here's here's where I've been thinking about it a ton. So I have a couple of clients, one with Crohn's, one with really chronic migraines, one with really significant fertility stuff. And they're doing a lot of things to optimize their diet. And they're doing things to optimize like movement. But when it comes to drinking there's a lot of drinking. And we have talked about on this show before about this idea that, listen, I don't think that every decision you make has to be in the name of health. I think that we're grownups and we get to decide what's worth it and what's not. And some decisions you make because it just like is what you want to do. But it's made me just think about this idea in the same way we talk about with food and this idea of future self and how if you have this long-term goal, whatever that is. For a lot of people, it's looking and feeling their best three months, six months, a year from now. But say that goal is having less inflammation so that there's less, you know, Crohn's symptoms or having less migraines because they're incredibly debilitating or making your body, you know, an easier place to conceive. Now, I know with the conception piece, there's also this whole other piece about like letting go and not stressing as much. So I hear that too. I spoke to someone this week and I asked her how many drinks she was having. And she was saying that she had on most nights, pretty much seven nights a week, she had two drinks. 
And I was just thinking about it in terms of where we are in timing. So we are still in October. And this idea that soon it will be Thanksgiving and then it will be holiday parties and then it's the holidays and then it's New Year's Eve. And so I was just saying, and I was saying to them, and I'll say to you guys now, what would it mean to not for, let's say the next two weeks, just to just to feel going into this time, going into this time of Thanksgiving that will come around soon? And just what does it mean to reevaluate what's worth it to you and what's not. Because I talk about it a ton in my practice that nothing's essentially off the table, but not everything can be worth it if what you really want is of great value to you. So I think that there are definite times, and I've noticed a bunch recently where drinking is kind of this inflammatory producing thing that isn't great for our bodies. Again, I'm totally down for people having their adult fun. But I think this idea of what would it mean to not for two weeks? How would that feel knowing that, I don't know, there might be this element of how do you unwind without this? How do you have social experiences without social anxiety without this? And kind of just re-examining what alcohol means to you if it's something that you do partake in. And then at the end of the two weeks, I think it might be easier to evaluate, again, what's worth it, what's not. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I do really care and I really care about my clients. And so it's important to me to ask the questions like that, that in some cases are hard to to look at, especially if it's something you really enjoy and something that is like a fun thing and a way that you kind of downshift from your day with. But because I care and I really, really want you to feel really good, if this is something that you engage in, you know, like a lot of nights a week, it is something to consider. I'm curious to know what you think. So you can always reach out to me, obviously. The next is I just want to make a little note about Halloween. We've talked about this in little like bits and pieces before. But for me, just for anyone with kids or who's hosting kids, I have a very specific take on Halloween for the day versus the type of candy that I would keep in my house. So the type of candy I'm keeping in my house doesn't have like artificial flavors or colors. I really like the Yum Earth. I can link that. I really like the Unreal candy. That one's harder for families with nut allergies, but I will link both because I just think they're really high quality and I think that they should be highlighted because it's nice to know that you could keep kind of like treats in your house and that they're not going to compromise certain values you might have if you have those values. But I definitely at home, I don't want the artificial sweeteners. I don't want the artificial flavors. I don't want the artificial colors. However, when Oliver is out and about on Halloween, For me, in my gut, what my gut tells me is enjoy for this day. So for that day, it's kind of like eat as much as you want or don't want. I'm not going to really police it too much. You definitely have to have dinner before we go trick-or-treating and there's going to be lunch that day, but there's going to be a lot. It's a lot of exciting things. And again, and we've talked about this too, which is really honing that intuition as a parent, if you are a parent, of like, you know what's best for your kid and your family. And that might be different for me, but for me, what I like to do is I'm kind of like a little hands-off during the day. Now, that switches the next day. And I am a really big believer in this. I am so into the idea of being like, 
Yesterday was so fun. Loved that for you. What would you say about cashing in the rest of the candy you have here in place of a toy that you want? And obviously, you got to figure out budget. You got to figure out the whole thing. I'm really into it. It worked really well last year. I think it's really cool. I think it's kind of the future. And the other piece about that is just looking also out for my parents, but also anyone that's going to have extra candy laying around. I bring it back to this idea, which I have talked about before, but it always comes back to me around Halloween, which is that many, many years ago, I had a client. He was a big fancy food editor in New York. And he was telling me, he was like, Shira, I cannot stop eating my kids stale Halloween candy. And the thing about it was that it was like lame, terrible candy, like stale Tootsie Rolls. And the thing that I told him was that, you know, the thing about this is that it's so not you. He was like very bougie and all the food that he was having was very nice and well-sourced and the whole thing. And I was like, it's just not you. And the idea of thinking about indulging, and we talk about this a lot, which is when you indulge in something, because it's something that's worth it to you, and you've kind of like thought about if you want it, and you're doing it in broad daylight, and it's something that you're going to love and you're going to savor, then that feels really, really good. But doing something like shameful in secret because it's there and you're kind of now already so mad at yourself that you're going to eat more, like that feels terrible. So I was like, what would it mean for you to go to Italy? This was back when Italy was just in New York and like get a truffle and sit outside for like 10 minutes and eat your truffle in broad daylight because there's nothing shameful or awful about that and let it truly melt on your tongue and kind of start to change your relationship with indulging in this way. I was like, throw out the candy, give the kids a toy. Like they probably won't even notice it at that point. Like who wants stale Tootsie Rolls anyways? But it really was this idea that I've really carried through with my practice, which is if you do have the stale Halloween candy lying around, then that's probably never going to be worth it to you. If you want to indulge in something and it's really something that you're going to be excited about, then like take it, put it in a little dish or sit outside with it. Let it melt into your mouth slowly and enjoy it because like that's a really, that's a part of a happy, healthy life too. Okay, now is the shit I'm loving portion. And I talked about last week and I already mentioned the anchovies again, but I've been really deep in anchovies. Now, I had a client who basically told me about a recipe, which is an Allison Roman anchovy butter recipe. This was independently of my own anchovy journey. So she told me it was amazing. And in my mind, I was like, I need to make this recipe. I looked at it. It looked amazing. It was for a whole bird. And it had the butter and the whole thing. And I kind of didn't feel like doing a whole thing like that, but I did have chicken thighs. So this is what I did. I took the chicken thighs. I patted them dry. I took like six anchovies and a clove or two of garlic, chopped really, really finely, mushed and mashed around the chicken thighs. I also cut up onion and I mashed that stuff around all in the onions. I added a little bit of olive oil just to make sure everything was coated. And then I baked that at 425 
for 40 minutes. I didn't touch it. I didn't look at it. It was so perfect and delicious. Even Oliver had it. I think that we worry about anchovies as being super fishy, but they're just actually super umami. And like, I'm talking about a five-year-old who likes the same kind of stuff as the five-year-olds you know, love. So I'm a huge fan. I highly recommend. Thank you to Alison Roman for the initial idea. And this is a way to do it just like super scrappy. I've done it now a couple nights on like weeknights because you pop it in. You literally just have to like put it on everything and chop an onion. But aside from that, it's like a very low lift as long as you start it early because it does take 40 minutes. And then the next thing I've been loving is I discovered this tea it is around. It's called Peak. The one that I love is it's called a Pura tea. And the thing about it is it's fermented. It's a black tea. I do not do well with a lot of caffeine. So I can't do coffee. Whenever I say I don't drink coffee, I'm like, it's not because I think I'm better than anyone else. It's not because coffee is bad for you. I think a magical bean that gives you energy is amazing. I don't like when people do it first, first thing in the morning before anything else, because I think it jacks up cortisol and it's not great for your GI system. But if you want to have that with your breakfast, ideally hot breakfast, enjoy yourself. For me, it doesn't work because it totally makes my heart beat too fast and the whole thing. But got to tell you, I was really tired the other day. I had this at home. It's so delicious. I do a splash of the Elmhurst cashew milk and then a couple drops of stevia. It's genuinely just like phenomenal. And I was drinking like a big kind of glass of it. And for my clients that saw me drinking, everyone was like, what is that? It looks magical. So I'm a big fan. I will link it. I will also link the recipe for the anchovy chicken. And then the last is we've known a ton about rebounding, which is essentially like bouncing on a trampoline. I know not everyone has access to them, but my across the street neighbor has one for the kids. And Oliver all of a sudden wanted me to kind of like do some moves for him. He was like, what do you got? Like, what's a move you have? And I was like, you know what? I will get on there. And you know what? It felt amazing. Obviously, it's really good for the lymphatic system. It's really good for detox. It's great for hormone health. But you know what? It also felt like childlike joy. And just like, when do you ever feel like weightless like that? I guess in a pool. But I really, really loved it. And I know not, again, not everyone has access to a trampoline, but if you do and your kid has a trampoline or a kid that you know has a trampoline, get in there. I really, really recommend it. So that's our show for today. I would love to know if you have any thoughts. Do you have thoughts on the menopause piece? Do you have thoughts on the stuff I'm loving? Do you have thoughts on the Halloween piece? Do you want to talk about snacks to eat before you go out for your main dinner? anything. I'm here. I'm all ears. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear that I haven't covered already. Come find me on Instagram at sheer underscore RD. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.